Hey everyone, it's Donna here, creator of The Diarist. And just a heads up before we get started on this show, it deals with issues of violence and could be upsetting to some listeners. There's a little secret for you, Andrea. You can't. Now, Andrea, can't you see what I've been trying to tell you? This man held me prisoner this whole time. You're listening to The Diarist, a Red Couch Black Dog production. Episode 17, Margaret's Diaries. I couldn't kill anyone. Kill. The idea of it. At the same time, a woman begins to feel like a caged animal. Yes, I see. I am starting to see that I am very much at risk of being caged. My world has shrunk, and this prison... There are no bars, nor walls. It isn't a prison at all. It's simply marriage. I married the man I love, and now my life is devoted to him. Is he drifting away, though? I sometimes feel as if he's moving out into the horizon while I remain on shore. An island. Isolation. 
No, I'm not Margaret, but yes, sometimes I correct myself. I'm not Margaret. Yet. August 14th, 1949. I was away for two months this time. I was proud of myself. A rebel! <laughs> Only 16 years old and working in a mill outside of Chicago. Half a world away from home. I knew it would topple the balance at home. Ellen would have to bear the weight of her own shortcomings. She made her choices. For once, let her live with them. It was time for them. I'm talking about Mother, Daddy, and Ellen now. It was time for them to reap what they'd sown. Yes, I'm a terrible sister, but there was a delight in watching Ellen fall because her pedestal seemed so solid. Ellen? Oh. The family would shrink and disintegrate without me there to take the blame for their pitiful life. There's a girl. I'm beginning to think. Yes, this is the reason. The reason I find men tiresome. First a tomboy, but I never grew out of it. And biology, my mother discouraging me, even with daddy being a scientist. But never mind them. The girl and I are quite close, although she's three years older than I. She too ran away, so that makes us quite the pair. Now, after work, we walk around the lake. It's so lovely. Nothing like New Jersey. Well, I suppose the shore is there, but looking back, I see nothing but black and doom. Covers the land. Even the beaches are always blustery cold in my mind. No, Chicago is heaven. Dear diary, have I fallen in love? I'm in love with Chicago, and... Dare I say... Dottie? <laughs> yes, once or twice her name popped up in my thoughts. When I hum the tune to Daisy, give me an answer true. Why, I think to myself, Dottie, Dottie, give me your answer true. <laughs> you see, I, I took her hand last night and she didn't run away. August 22nd, 1949. Last night was, at first, ecstasy, then terror. The police arrived at our apartment last night. Should I be ashamed to admit that I was fully unclothed? 
so was Dottie. The world had disappeared, and there was a new universe. I knew in this orbit I could escape. Why am I saying that? I, I had no such realization. It was us, but without even a knock on the door, the police barged in. Get up, both of you. Let us dress. Get up and dress then. How dare you throw the clothes at me? Get up now. What have we done? You're doing it right now. You're in deep trouble, little girl. How dare you? It's all right, Dottie. Don't worry. It's not all right. You both are in trouble, little girl. Why? You're a bastard. What have I done, you bastard? Watch your mouth. Do you think it's legal for an underage girl to be doing such indecent things? Get away from me. I should just take you both for myself. Teach you what it's like with a man. That'll teach you. He was from New Jersey. And they commanded... He commanded us both to dress. It was excruciating and humiliating. And he didn't leave, but instead watched me and Dottie as we pulled our clothes on. Dottie was crying, and that was only the start of the violence. In moments, they had me handcuffed like a criminal. I would travel the entire road home that way, shackled. Is this how they treat a young girl of 100 pounds? I thought of other girls my age. Their freedom to be themselves. I wasn't so different, except that my family hated everything about me and would gladly see me treated this way. It means that it's so good. Nothing else can replace Just your slightest embrace And if you only would be my own For the rest of my days I will whisper this prayer My darling, say si bon it's so good. There was a short period in the beginning when I first began reading. He was drifting away. No, perhaps swimming away fiercely, escaping the way sharks do. Back then I thought, well, perhaps he's planted the diaries. They weren't composed by Margaret at all. Sometimes I'd grow quite paranoid and convince myself that Richard himself had made the whole thing up. Perhaps he'd recite them to Velvet and she'd handwrite them, transcribe them from her shorthand. And it was real. The way I felt what I imagined... I could remember so clearly sitting at that desk before him. Now I imagine that stupid girl. How could such a stupid girl fulfill the duties of executive secretary to Richard? I remembered how he'd admonish me for the littlest mistake. He must intimate and scold her constantly. She can hardly hold a thought in her head. 
Yes, there was a short time when I'd torture myself this way, believing Velvet penned the diaries for Richard. So I went against my better judgment and hid them far away from Richard. I removed them one morning from beneath the mattress and carried them to the basement to an empty storage room with a steel door. I'd walk down after he left in the morning. I'd venture down into that grave and read that poor dead girl's words. All right, darling. I have to go to work. Make sure you're doing better. Will you be happy for me? Dear diary. Oh, look. It's my little gentleman. Mock me if you will. Have you gotten yourself dressed up for me? Starting to warm up to the idea of being my wife? Never. I hate you. Oh, are you at it again? I never stopped. No, you haven't. I want my clothes back. You know the deal. It's not a deal you made with me. Yes. It is, in fact. It's a blackmail, plain and simple, and I won't have it. Since you're so cold and frigid, what we have is a business arrangement. A business arrangement between you, me, and your parents. I have a document that attests to your insanity. They've already signed it for me. They're quite astute, don't you think? <laughs> What's that for? <laughs> I've figured you out. You think you can hide your true self, but you've shown it to me. I see you, Richard Hayes. So what? You're crazy, woman. But you know that isn't true. Oh, how it must madden you. You know I see you. You're rotten to the core. A gentleman on one side and a devil on the other. Are we smoking like two civilized gentlemen? I didn't offer you one. You don't have a thing to your name! You and everything in this house is mine! I'll have a goddamn cigarette if I want one! Alright. I want to make a deal with you. Man to man. <laughs> You're funny. You're a funny girl. You know, I really do wish you'd like me. Even a little. <laughs> I want to leave. Not yet. When? You know you're not ever going back out into the real world. 
Don't you? Don't say that. Don't be cruel to me. It's been two years and you can't stand the sight of me. Neither one of us asked for this arrangement. Oh, but you're wrong. I did ask for it. I did ask for it. Hello? Andrea? Are you there? Yes, of course. I'm sorry. Are you all right? I haven't woken you, have I? No, I'm here. I'm sorry. I was dozing off. Shall I call in the morning? No. I've woken you. Oh, of course not. How are you? Andrea, I don't know how to thank you. I'm stunned at your compassion. I'm indebted to you. This will be the first night I've slept through. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't have to deal with these domestic problems. Yeah, well, this just may be my lot in life. I want to help you. I can. It's, it's nothing for me to add help to my duties. I know you need your time to rest before the presentation. I'll keep things running smoothly for the firm, so you can focus your attention. Andrea, I don't know if I can burden you. Why shouldn't you? It's beyond the job. I'd like to help you. I like doing things for you. Andrea? Yes? I've forgotten what it means to be cared about in this way. Honestly, Andrea, I'm being sincere. Thank you for saying so. I'm saying I have feelings beyond our work. I don't know what it means, but I want to tell you... For some time, I've wanted to tell you. Richard, 
I wasn't raised to be that kind of girl. Don't you share these feelings? To be indiscreet. Of course, I know you don't. But you care for me too. Have feelings beyond the job. I can't be alone in my feelings. It's my job. It's no bother, Richard. I would do the same for any employer. You know that, right? I'm a very dedicated employee. I'm an ambitious girl. I, I don't... I don't know what I'm saying. I don't... I don't want to sound unappreciative. I'm so grateful. You've made me see I'm not just a typist. I love working for you. Well. Please return Margot tomorrow. Of course. I'm sorry. Things... Things aren't coming out right. To be honest, I'm half asleep. I... I must sound so silly. Andrea, Elizabeth told me it was her understanding that you've been hired to manage the household. Did you convey that to her? Give her that impression? Well, no. Please wait. This is going too fast. You haven't given me a moment to respond. You've made your feelings clear. Let me make mine. You're my secretary. That's all. Of course. Of course. Richard, I I was just caught off guard. That's all. I'll have Elizabeth settle things with Margaret. I'll see you at the office when I'm back from Orlando. May I say one more thing? No. Richard, wait. I want to tell you... Have I rejected you? Just for my propriety? Because I'm a respectable girl? Mother. Why have you made me this way? Why can't I... Why can't I just love who I want? There you are, little baby. What a good girl you are. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Papa's gonna buy you a mockingbird. And if that mockingbird won't sing, Papa's gonna buy you a diamond ring And if that diamond ring turns brass Papa's gonna buy you a looking glass And if that looking glass gets broke Papa's gonna buy you a billy goat And if that billy goat won't pull This one's different, Emma. The house is full. Something is coming. Knocking on our doors. Does the house staff care? What do the children care? It's me. I have to barricade these doors, but what am I to do about these windows? Even the panes are thin. The wood is rotten. I can't stay in this cold house anymore. No food. Emma... That's what he talks about, Emma Bovary. 
But if I look out the window, more like a keyhole, I'd say, if I look when he leaves, she's a brunette, very sophisticated. I ask him, and he gives me that suspicious look, as if I've gone through the things in his study. I have. There is one drawer in particular. It's full of drawings of the girl, the mother of his child. I tell him I've seen them, too. Go get her, please. Let me go, too. Things have changed. He tells me as soon as I'm dead, he'll fetch her. She'll take care of his children, and he and Emma can be together. I talk with him as though he's a reasonable man, and we are conducting a business deal. But why kill me when I want to leave? You have no place to go. Dottie is my friend. She'll take me in. Oh, Andrea, I see you. I see you reading my words. How do you like the thoughts of a dead woman? Likely I'm a ghost by the time you read these words. Likely you are too. Thank you all for listening, and also wanted to let you know that we just finished our first live radio show with Exoplanetary and Willamette Radio Workshop, and the show was a great success. We did live Foley, and um, so we did all the so- a lot of the sound effects, piping and phone ringing, and it was a lot of fun, and KBU Radio streamed live, and we're going to have a, we're going to post a audio of the whole show for everyone to hear so i'm really excited to share that with you we also recently received a glowing review from geek girl authority and praising our work on the diarist and describing it as if alfred hitchcock had written a love story and we have a few more episodes here um, on this season of The Diarist. We're working on a second season, and we're going to also be putting up some special programs on our Patreon. As always, please, if you can, give us a five-star review and visit our Patreon page. Thank you. I just wanted to thank the folks who helped put on the live show. Jason Harder, who produced the show. Beth Ricketson, who played Andrea. Ryan Bowen who played Richard and Darlene Sorensen, Eric Schneewind, Nikki Flynn, Pearson Rintz, and Shelley Bryant, our newest cast member. And I'd also like to thank um, the other actors who have appeared in the Diarist podcast. Corinne Elena, who plays Margaret in the podcast. Emerson McRaven, who's played various roles and Heather Dowling, who plays Elizabeth and various other roles as well.
On sound, we had Martin John Gallagher. And for visuals, we had Joe Medina. And a special thank you to Sam Mowry, who shared not only uh, his amazing acting and radio experience, but also the equipment, all the tech and sound equipment. It was a wonderful show. Another exciting thing that's coming up is that Beth Ricketson, Ryan Bowen, and I will be um, interviewed by Ken Jones of KBU Radio talking about creating this show and what the experience has been like for us putting on the diarist in the Me Too climate and given some of the, um, the issues that are being raised right now around sexual violence and um, treatment of women.